Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing how you can read and better understand the Bible. Tune in daily to start your day right and be encouraged as you walk on the way and enjoy the journey. Now here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is another special edition of On the Way. Yesterday, I talked to you about America and the state of America, where we are spiritually, where we are as a nation, and where we are as a church. Today, I want to take that a step farther, and I want to talk with you about how we began to collapse, and I want to talk about the nation as a whole, our country, and I want to talk to you about the church, because the country is the way it is, because the church is the way it is. The church is the center, the moral focus. We are those that have been called by God to be salt and to be light. We of all people ought to know what's going on in the nation morally, spiritually, every other way that's related to biblical truth. We are that which gives a plumb line, and we do that to the degree to which we are faithful to the teachings of Scripture. The only thing that is immutable in our hands is the written Word of God, which points us to the living Word of God. And so I want to talk to you about a couple of concepts today. The Scripture says in the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 12, and verse 32, of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of times, to know what Israel ought to do, their chiefs were 200, and all their brethren were at their command. Yes, there was a tribe in ancient Israel that was called to assist King David, the ruler of God's people, called to assist him, not in the sense of war as warriors, but in a moral sense, in an ethical sense, in a knowing the times and seasons which the God of heaven was showing to them because they had their senses exercised for discernment. Yes, that idea of knowing the times is knowing the events, not just the time of day or the time of year, but events and times as in seasons, as in what's going on, discerning the times in which they were living. King David needed that. Every ruler needs that. And those of us who name the name of Christ, those of us who have Judeo-Christian values that we glean from the Bible, yes, that follow the moral teachings of Scripture, God has set us as a compass, as a light in a dark nation, as salt in a putrefying nation. And if we do not give a clarion, clear call to our nation, to our communities, to our churches, to our families, then we are going to collapse as a nation. So let's look at what the Bible says about this because we have lost our way. We have gotten to the point to where we don't want to judge anything. We don't want to make a judgment, a rational decision and have discernment whatsoever. And the reason that we're doing this is because we don't know what the Scriptures teach. I often hear people quote Matthew chapter 7, but they only quote one part of what Jesus said. Jesus said, judge not that you be not judged. Now, the word there for judge is the word discernment. 
to make a choice, to separate. It's the word crino, which is usually translated judgment or to judge or one of the derivative forms. But the whole idea is to separate. Yes, it was first used in the world of agriculture. The word crino was the word that was used in the Greek text and in Greek history to describe the separation of the wheat from the chaff, that which was edible and that which was waste, that which was healthy, that which was detrimental to the body, that which had value, that which did not have value. That's crino. That's separating between the wheat and the chaff. Well, how do you know that? Well, there has to be a judgment made, and there were evidences that were given when testing came, when beating came, when threshing out the wheat, there would be a separation. Well, there's certain things we have to do. As a matter of fact, we're called upon to make judgments. Now, what Jesus said in short form is that we're not to judge other people and we're not to do that and have another judgment for ourselves. He clearly said, judge not lest you be judged, for with the same judgment that you're judging others, you're going to be judged. In other words, he's not saying don't judge people, don't make judgments. He's saying you need to understand that there is one criteria for judgment, and that is the standard of the Word of God. And be careful about judging others because you're going to be judged by the same thing that you're talking about. And if it is a biblical judgment, it applies to all. You see, that's justice. That's true social justice. There are no favorites. There are no superiors and inferiors in the kingdom of God. No, it is not based upon color or race or any other kind of value system except we are created in the image of God. And somehow we've gotten the idea that if you're a certain skin color or you're a certain socioeconomic strata, that you get favored status over someone else. And the meritocracy of Scripture is totally discarded. And when we do that, we are into a judgment game that we cannot do anything but lose. You see, all of us are judged on the same basis. And so that's why Jesus warned, be careful about the judgment you're putting out to others because you're going to be judged by the same thing you're judging them. So be careful about your censorious judgment. He said, just don't do it. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have a discerning spirit. As a matter of fact, over and over again in the scriptures, we are admonished to give judgment to things. Not only did God give David an entire gifted tribe of which uh, those leaders were sent to him for help and aid in making judgments that would affect the entire nation, but over and over again in the scriptures, we're called upon to test, to try, to prove what is true and what's false. First John chapter 4 and verse 1 says, Do not believe every spirit, but test. The word there is dokimazo. Dokimazo can be good or bad, but in this case, it is testing to see what is good. We need to make discernments, judgments, to see whether something is of God or whether it is of the pseudo-prophetai, that is, a pseudo-prophet, a false prophet. Now, why would we test the spirits? Because everything that is spoken is not godly. Everything that people say, well, this is what the Bible says, we can't take that on face value. We have to be as the Bereans who constantly 
diligently search the scriptures to see if what the apostle Paul was saying was actually in the Tanakh, in the Old Testament, in the law and the prophets and the writings. They didn't even trust Paul. Those of you who have been in congregations where I have preached, those of you who have heard me preach in conferences and so forth, you have heard me say over and over again, those of you who have traveled to Israel with me, those of you who have been under my teaching when we have traveled with the journeys of the Apostle Paul in Turkey and Greece and in Italy and in Israel and Jordan, all of those countries, what have you heard me say over and over again? Search the scriptures to see if what I'm telling you is so. And if what I'm telling you doesn't match up with the scriptures, discard it. Well, that's a judgment you have to make. The sad thing is that we don't know the scriptures well enough to even make a godly decision. Well, that's not the only place. I could go on and on, but let me give you one other. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 21 and 22. He said, dokimazo, test all things. Test everything. Now, what's the purpose of that? He says, so that you can have or hold on to that which is good and let go of that, discard that which is bad or evil. In other words, we need to have enough biblical conviction to be able to say, okay, this is of God. Why? Because this is what the Bible teaches. The Bible is the final authority for every believer in discerning what is right and wrong. That's how we form convictions. The Bible says in John chapter 16 that when the Holy Spirit comes, this is what Jesus says written in red. For those of you who have read letter Bibles, you can look and see. He says that when the Holy Spirit has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment, and then gives them the criteria for what is sin, what is righteousness, and what is judgment. But he said he will convict the world. That means to show by evidence and proof, to make it very plain, discernible. That's called conviction. You see, America is collapsing because America has lost the ability to discern and have convictions. Now, that starts in the church of Jesus Christ. And when we talk about conviction and discernment, it has to be based upon the Scripture. Otherwise, it's just a preference. Many who are sitting in churches saying that they have convictions really do not. They only have preferences. Living 65 years on this earth and studying the Word of God intentionally and intensely for 47 going on 48 years now, I can tell you that I have seen a lot in my day of those who name the name of Christ who say they have convictions about what the Bible clearly teaches is wrong or right until someone in their family gets involved in something that the Bible teaches is wrong and all of a sudden it really doesn't matter anymore because as our silly world now says and our lack of discerning world thought process says today is if If you tell someone that they're wrong, if you say to someone what you're doing is sin, then you're a hater. You don't really love people if you tell them they're sinners. Well, with that kind of logic, with that kind of discernment, then the Lord Jesus must be a sinner because he told people where they were wrong and where they were right. 
As a matter of fact, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 that all of the inspired God breathed out of the mouth of God's scripture that every scripture is inspired and it's advantageous, it's profitable, it's for our good, it's helpful. For what? For a belief system, something we can build our lives upon. It's called doctrine, a didaskalos. It's a set of teachings. And then he says, for reproof, there are some things that are wrong and God tells us what those are. And they're wrong every time. It doesn't matter who it is, whether it's the lowest pauper on the face of the earth or whether it is the highest potentate and king. Wrong is wrong. And when a nation loses its discernment for what is right and what is wrong, then we are already in the process of collapsing and the decay is deep within the human heart and in our society. And so what am I saying? In America today, our leadership, our national leadership, our state leadership, much that we talk about today has to do with discernment and understanding what is right and what's wrong. Because in our culture today, we are calling wrong right and right wrong. We've lost our discernment. Why? Because we've loosed from the moorings of the Word of God and we're out on a sea of subjectivism. We're saying this is wrong because I believe it's wrong. This is right because I believe it's right. I see it all the time. A parent, a set of parents, before they have children, they say, well, homosexuality is wrong. Adultery is wrong. We need to stand for what is right. And then their child is born and grows up and they get involved in homosexuality, make bad choices. By the way, no one, according to the Word of God, is born a homosexual. They get involved by bad choices in homosexuality. They may be effeminate. A a boy may be effeminate. That doesn't mean he's homosexual. That means that he has tendencies that may not be manlike. But that doesn't mean that when when we were growing up, we called that a sissy. He said, oh, I cannot believe that you said that. Well, you need to believe it because this is the real world that we used to live in, but we don't anymore. And parents all of a sudden say, well, homosexuality is not so bad. I can't tell my son or my daughter that lesbianism or homosexuality is bad. And then, or then they might think that I don't love them. No, if you don't tell them the truth, you really don't love them because what you're doing is you're putting them above the word of God. You see, whether it's my son, my daughter, whether it is my dad, my mother, whether it is my wife or me that are involved in adultery, adultery is still adultery. If my children are involved in adultery, adultery is adultery. If my dad and mom are involved in adultery, adultery is adultery. Same for homosexuality, same for murder. And that's not being a hater to point out sin. Again, if that's the case, the Lord Jesus is a sinner and we are still in our sin and there's no hope for anyone. We've lost our discernment. So the Bible says that we need to test the spirits. Why? Because discerning judgments needs to be made. Because it is in that discernment that we go to the scriptures and we ask for divine wisdom. What is divine wisdom? Divine wisdom is looking at life or an instance or a trial or an event through the eyes of biblical truth. It's looking at life from God's perspective, not our own, because our way is flawed. God's way is perfect. And so when we put that up against the grid of our national consciousness, we are collapsing at a rapid rate because there is no justice in the land. Because what is right for one is not right for the other. What is wrong for one is not wrong for the other. If your name or your deed that you've done has been associated with a high-level political figure or family, 
then you're going to get a different style of justice. If you can afford uh, a better attorney, one that's uh, more polished and one that can better manipulate the law, then uh, you're going to probably go free when someone else will be put into prison. While you and I both know that things that we've seen in the last 10 years in our nation, the last 20, last 30 years in our nation, If the common man were to cheat on his taxes, like we see politicians being proved to cheat on their taxes, we would be, we would lose everything we have. We would go to prison. We would, they would throw away the key. We wouldn't even get a break. We wouldn't get a TV to look at. We wouldn't get anything, but they go scot-free. Same thing is true in every kind of situation. If the law was broken as it has been with brand name political figures, then they go free. The rest of us, we would go to jail. And that's been, we've seen that over and over again. It depends on what side of the political spectrum you're on. And this happens with both Democrats, Republicans, and Libertarians. You see, there's enough sin to go around. And so what's happening? Our nation has lost its discernment and its conviction. Now, let me get to the point. The reason that they have is because the church has lost its discernment and conviction. Men of God are up preaching every week the same kind of dribble, the same kind of pablum that they have heard some motivational speaker espousing. Instead of getting in, studying the Word of God, they're online looking for sermons. They're online looking for the latest thing down the pike. There's whole networks of guys that are preaching the same messages every week. One will come up with one, they'll all copy it. Let me just tell you, that's not healthy and it's not godly. What we need to do is get on our faces before God. Yes, learn from other men. Yes, you can look at an outline. You can do whatever you need to to get help with grammar or syntax of a Greek word or Hebrew word or a narrative or historical help. Yes, we all need mentors. We all need help. But what I'm telling you is that we have lost our desire to know God and know the Word of God, and it is in the Word of God when it burns in your heart and you know it, that's where conviction comes from. And that conviction will allow you to have a proper premise and base from which to make proper discernments so you will not only have it for your life, your family, but for your church, for your community, and for your county, your city, your state, and for the nation. We are not left in the dark. We, as children of God, have the light of the Word of God, the light of the Spirit of God who lives within us. But we're being caught up in the world's propaganda, and we're living in fear. We're living in a powerless culture where the church of Jesus is weak. We are weak. We are retreating when we ought to be moving forward with the truth of God's Word. May God give us courage, as I spoke about yesterday, but may God give us conviction and discernment to know the truth and have the courage to speak it so that God can take us and change our churches, change our cities, change our counties, change our state. And God, may you help us to change this country. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in each weekday for more information on how to read the Bible, grow in knowledge, and live in obedience to God. If you have questions, simply write to info at TonyCrisp.org. That's info at TonyCrisp.org. And we will respond as quickly as possible. Thanks for listening. 
and have a blessed day as you walk on the way and enjoy the journey.